Moncrief with Energlaze on News Talk. Who are they? I don't know. They seem to have abilities like you. These days, there are few who can wield the Force. Perhaps one of them was once a Jedi. Possibly. Yang, make a copy of this recording. Run a match on their lightsabers. What's their connection to Morgan Elspeth? I have known her to hire mercenaries in the past. Well, the investment paid off. They vanished without a trace. The day is in a total loss. Star map? Not just any star map. This one holds the secret Morgan's after. Which is? The location of the last missing Imperial Grand Admiral. That's Ahsoka. You can stream now uh, episodes every Wednesday uh, on Disney. Plus, James Dempsey joins us uh, once again. Did I pronounce that right? I think it's Ahsoka. Ahsoka. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> Ahsoka. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> whatever. I probably no one will say her name. Just say you. Pretty much. <laughs> the, uh, uh, yet another Star Wars spin-off. Is this mm. the one the world's been crying out for? Uh, no, I would. I, I'll be pretty defiant on that one and say no. Um, the one the world was crying out for has already been on TV. That was last year's Andor, which mm. turned out to be arguably one of the best TV shows of 2022, and certainly leagues ahead of every other Star Wars iteration, in my personal opinion. Of course, what I would also say, and what I also say when I propose Andor to people is, it's actually not really a Star Wars show, <laughs> you know, right? <laughs> like, there are no lightsabers, there's no Jedis in that, there's no Force being with anyone, right? Yes, there's talking. There's stuff. talking yeah, and, yeah. And, and fascism, yeah, right? Yeah. It's great, right? Yeah. But uh, here, if you like your, you know, if you like your whooshing uh, lightsabers, you get more of that. So Ahsoka Tano in the lore of the Star Wars universe was Anakin Skywalker, also Darth Vader's Padawan, uh, as in Apprentice, right? Okay, yeah. And uh, she first featured in one of the movies, I feel, but um, had a very much starring role in a much beloved by Star Wars fans animated show called The Clone Wars. And this is uh, made by a guy named Dave Filoni, who is like an animating animation director and writer and has sort of been elevated now to kind of one of the head honchos of the whole Star Wars universe on Disney+. And he combines elements of that uh, animated series, The Clone Wars, with another one called Rebels, where some of the other characters come from. Uh, we heard in that clip there, Hera Syndulla rolls off the tongue. Uh, she's one of the ones with the long... <laughs> if you've seen the original movies, the kind of slave who gets eaten at one point with the long yellow dangly bits, she's one of those, except I think she's green. And, uh, and then there's also another kind of um, Jedi-esque woman named uh, Sabine Wren. And as we heard in the clip there... What's going on is they're on the hunt for the last admiral of the Empire, who is a man named Thrawn. Now, Thrawn is blue-skinned, red eyes. He hasn't appeared yet in what we have seen, but he is played by Lars Mikkelsen, who is a Danish actor who 
appears in actually lots of things. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. And uh, he is reprising the role because he he voiced him in whatever one of the cartoons that mm. he appeared in. And even I, who am only a cursory um, Star Wars fan, I'm more informed because I have to talk about it on the radio. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> I've read both Wikipedia yeah. articles, right? But, but basically... Um, Thrawn was a character that was introduced in a series of novels in the 90s and was like this breakout hit of the 90s in if you if you read the Star Wars yeah. novelization form and uh, then when they were bringing it back I think it was very much expected that he would be appearing as a character but he has sort of failed to materialize in the feature films but here he is uh, like the big bad shall we say and it's rumored that he is going to be the big bad of a Mandalorian spin-off movie as well so I don't think we're going to see him reaching the end of his uh, shelf life. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> just yet. Now, is this is is this in in the build up to the establishment of the empire, or is it afterwards? So this takes place in the same timeline as the Mandalorian season three. Okay. Right? Um, but that also was like, when exactly did that take place? Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. So um, so basically, it is it's taking place before. Uh, after the original trilogy, right? So the Empire uh, has fallen and the New Republic has risen and within that New Republic are uh, still some dodgy people. Yes. And the Jedi, as far as we know, have all been eliminated with a few handful, with a few exceptions in what is called Order 66 in, in Star Wars parlance. That is the order to eliminate all the Jedi, which happens in... Uh, oh, no, it must be, oh, when does it... It takes, sorry, it takes place in the lead-up to the <laughs> to the original trilogy because of course the second trilogy is prequels sorry yeah, so it's between yes. prequels and originals yeah uh, the problem is the original there anyway right but yeah. um uh and where am i going with this and uh there are a handful of jedi left including rosario dawson who is ahsoka tano although she never completed her jedi training she has her own uh, padawan who never completed her jedi training and the baddies He's as well. like amateur jedi <laughs> right yeah like <laughs> jeddish more like right yeah. and uh, and then you have the late um northern irish actor ray stevenson who i only passed away uh, uh, within the last year anyway oh. uh, who plays the 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 kind of um the henchman of the body, uh, he is Balin Skull, who uh, is also a former Jedi, uh, who, uh, but I think he completed his training. And then uh, the last kind of big name, I guess, person on the cast is David Tennant, who plays a uh, android named Hu Yang, who is a, a thousand year old, year old android who designed all the lightsabers and puts that skill it, to okay. test identifying them. Okay. Now, it is very Star Warsy. By that I mean... The sets are all beautiful. The action is 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 well choreographed. There's blasts and droids and pew pews and stuff like right. And it ticks all of those boxes. Mm. But for me, I just found it um, just kind of a little dry, to be honest with you, right? Uh, especially in the form of Ahsoka herself. So she kind of goes around and, uh, you know, it doesn't get zingers or one-liners fine, right? But she just sort of like nods her head and folds her arms and looks a bit... Slightly annoyed with everybody, but not like not too traumatized by the huge trauma yeah. she has gone through as one of a handful of surviving Jedi in this uh, very unfriendly world to them. All in, uh, Disney, I guess, is, is is betting big on this because they've actually even changed their whole structure of how they release episodes. So Wednesday has traditionally always been the day that yeah. Disney releases its thing. Uh, but because uh, they've been doing that and uh, the time zone is actually favourable to European viewers in that regard, they have now changed it where they release it on a Tuesday night in the US at 9pm 
and 2 a.m. at our time in the morning so that, like, I guess, American viewers who probably make up the vast majority of their uh, subscribers and certainly their Hulu payers anyway, uh, get access slightly before we do. So they're trying to engineer event television out of this. And as far as I can tell... um, for me, it was it, it wasn't quite the event I was hoping for. Yeah. more of an event horizon. But um, <laughs> but but um, but look, I I stand to be corrected. I, I'm one of a few people who who I actually liked the Obi Wan uh, spinoff with yeah, uh, with yeah. uh, Ewan McGregor. Yeah. that was critically panned. That one I liked. The book of Boba Fett didn't do much for me. The Mandalorian goes up and down, mm. but Andor was where it was at. The problem is Andor is like the least Star Warsy of all of them. Yeah, because I suppose the odd thing is like, how can you make something, you know, Star Wars is an epic story mm. in scale. And then so it's diminishing returns all the time, really. <laughs> you know? Or or certainly um, the kind of my issue with more of it is like, it's supposed to be this gal- galaxy spanning adventure. But mm. yet we're kind of just seeing the same same old stuff year in, year out, yeah, right? Yeah. Like it's the same, old, you know, it's the same kind of people going around doing the same old nonsense, right? And like, it doesn't seem that they're taking advantage of the fact that this is science fiction at a space operatic scale. So you can literally do absolutely anything. anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and as with Andor, but that was kind of like yeah. gritty and, you know, people... And interesting. And interesting and people smelled. You imagine, <laughs> kind of uh, right, okay. Our next show is uh, Sister... Uh, is it Sister S? Uh, not si- Or Sister 5? I don't... <laughs> it's Sisters bookended by capital S's. yeah. But that okay. is how it's stylized. Okay, let's go with sisters then. You can stream all of season one now on the RT player. Here's a clip. Dig in. We don't have all day. The rerun of my show starts at eight. Resistance. Sarah, you should watch it. The War of Independence. Sure, it's your heritage. Oh, I will. Oh, I, I'm so interested in Irish history and literature. Yeah, I, I really want to visit the uh, Dublin Writers Museum. So, well, where's your dad from? I. It's... It's sort of a long story, but sure, I... she's Jimmy's daughter. <coughs> what? Yes, Susie, you're dirty, Daddy. What the actual f- is going on? I will not have that kind of language in my house, Gerald Teller. Susie, don't you f- dare! I thought you'd be pleased you have a Jewish American sister, Daryl. Right, you so. I'm really so sorry. I only just found out myself. You she only are just told me. Unbelievable. I wouldn't be getting all dramatic. Now, girls, there's probably a whole litter of you. Knowing what a good-for-nothing drug is a skunk waste of space your father was. Right, okay, so it, 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 this smacks of Irish-Canadian co-production? <laughs> Very much perhaps? so, yeah, right. So this is um, written and starring Sarah Goldberg and Susan Stanley. Susan Stanley is an Irish actress who I have to admit I was very, very, very unfamiliar with. I, I, I checked her IMDb credits and the only major thing, and this is no <laughs> shade on her, was a three-episode arc in Fair City uh, some years ago, right? Okay. But I, I just can't say I recognise her, but I believe she is a jobbing actress and fair play to her because she's got this off the ground. Sarah Goldberg is much better known to me because she plays Sally in Barry who and she has been Emmy nominated for that role mm. and that is a role which many people think like grounds that whole series together and holds the show uh, really like is a huge part of Barry and yeah. an unsung part of Barry in some regard. And the pair of them, Sarah and Susan, met in Lambda in London uh, 20 years ago and struck up a friendship and have been very close friends ever since and came up with this idea for a show about 
estranged sisters. So as we heard in the clip there, uh, Sarah, or I should say, well, she is also Sarah, but an odd spelling of Sarah yes. as well. Uh, Sarah in the show is, um, a re- her mother has recently passed away and she's found out in the will that her uh, father was actually this Irish busker her mother met however many years ago. We don't okay. go into quite that much detail. And she has landed in Ireland after hunting down his family where she encounters Susie, who is her half-sister. And they are, of course, completely... I mean, we not only do we get a fish-out-of-water uh, kind of show, but we also get mismatched pairs, right? So Sarah, okay. Sarah yeah. is the uptight, uh, polite, got-her-life-together one. Susie, when we first meet her, has is being woken up by a maid in a hotel room after a night of drunken excess and has is getting thrown out of her apartment and uh, losing her job and all this kind of stuff. And essentially, the whole premise of the show hangs on the pair of them developing a relationship as half-siblings, but also um, (laughs) making what is the longest road trip across Ireland to get to Galway to uh, potentially uh, find their estranged father in a way that looks like Ireland is, you know, driving Texas. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) And you're like, well, you can just get the train, you know, right? But anyway, right? Who cares? The whole point is it creates multiple opportunities for funny things. Now, this is a co-production between Orti and Crave in the US, or in Canada, which is like a a streaming service there. Mm. It's also distributed around the world and certainly in the US. And it's a bit of a mixed bag, right? Like, I can't say that I absolutely loved it because I didn't. And it has this... Annoying thing that I find in these co-productions, you know, I appreciate that the kind of the media landscape in Ireland is small. So to get, uh, you know, scripted television off the ground is a very, very expensive thing to do. And if you can get an international investor to, Mm. you know, pay part of it and yet film it here and have all the tax benefits of that, go for it. Right. But the problem is. Um, when 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 you or I, I feel, are watching it as an Irish viewer, the Ireland we're seeing is just not the Ireland that like we actually it's live the in. Ireland right? Canadians want to it's see. It's the perhaps. Ireland, yes. So like, what and what does that mean in this show? It means hard drinking drunkards uh, talking Jesus and abortions and funerals and uh, singing, you know, Shanos, etc. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And okay, yeah, all those things actually do exist, yeah. right? But but do they? You know, but like within the same package, if you get me, not quite, right? Like within the first two episodes, I think they visit kind of uh, pubs where people are are either alcoholics or hard drinking about four or five times within, you know, 50 yeah. minutes of, of comedy. The other thing is, I think they've set themselves up in this very difficult tonal place, right? And the problem is, of course, everything is trying to be a flea bag to some degree, right? And mm. even if you're not trying to be flea bag, people like me will just say, oh, well, you're just, <laughs> you're trying to be flea bag, right? Because it's about women in yeah. their 30s, right? So um, here we get... Uh, the pair of them and when they're doing the comedy the comedy is actually what works best almost the straight comedy is the funniest most interesting part of the show it's when they then try and balance that with kind of heavier stuff sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't like for example we get Emma Thompson's sister who is an actress of course in her own right Sophie Thompson playing uh, Susie's stepmother Cheryl with an okay-ish Irish accent with Pat Short in the oddest Pat Short role, I mean, uh, they could have cast me for all of the acting he has to do in it, right? <laughs> right? Okay, yeah. But he's playing uh, her partner. And if, as we get further in, we learn that their relationship is not uh, sweet. It is, in fact, 
plagued. I, you know, I'm not. This isn't a. It's not a huge spoiler by any means. It's kind of alluded to very early on that they have this very uh, rough, if if not domestically abusive relationship. Yeah. But yet Daryl, who is Pat Short, who literally has about four lines in the whole show, is kind of played for uh, played off as like a fool, kind of quiet, meek uh, man in the mm. house doing absolutely nothing. And that, so then they're trying to balance this idea that you know he's this a very abusive partner when he's completely off screen and we don't see any of it. But there's no truth to it. Or, no, that's not what I mean. What I mean is there's no, um, like, it just seems so incongruous with the character we're presented who is just this nothing, you know, yeah, who isn't, yeah. who is not a character, basically. Yeah. He might as well not be in the show. And then, like, <laughs> there's, you know, there's kind of scatological humor. There's uh, fart jokes. There's uh, heavy drink. Like, as I said, heavy drinking. It all just kind of feels tonally mismatched. But when it gets good... It is quite good. And when the final reveal, you know, the final episode where, you know, of course, are, are they going to find their estranged father? In some shape or another, they are. That episode is excellent in how well it's handled and very, very good acting there as well. So there's hope for this. Will it get a season two? I don't know. But um, I'd like to see where they take it next. Yeah. Now, it's uh, you can get all of it on, on the RT player. Did they ever broadcast it? I think they did broadcast ah, it, yes. Right. Okay, yes, okay. If you go straight to the player, that's like your equivalent of straight to VHS. <laughs> well, that's true, you know? yeah, that's true. Uh, right, our third show is Survival of the Thickest. You can stream season one now on Netflix. Here's a clip. Hello, Mavis. Hi! Hi! Welcome! Welcome! Namaste! To you too. It's so nice to finally meet you, Jade. Um, where's my bedroom? Right behind you. Oh! Yeah! I feng shui and everything. Oh, thank you! It's great! Um... <clears throat> sorry, uh... This is my best friend, oh, Khalil. Hi, hi. Well, if you're her best friend, you're my best friend. Yeah. So... Jade, I just touched this chair. And now there's a greasy film in like inside of my hand. And um, you don't have a jerry curl, so I don't that's not what that is. But if you could walk me through all of this. Yeah, it's just olive oil. <laughs> yeah. I just put it all over my body, my hair all the time. It just it's so wonderful for you. And um, yeah, anytime like my body needs love, I rub it in. Mm-hmm. Like a little pasta dish, you know. I think I will. Not do that. Right, okay. Is uh, Again, this sounds kind of like by the numbers a bit. Very much so. And like, uh, obviously, the title would mean something very different on this side of the Atlantic than it does yeah. over there. But yeah. uh, uh, this is referring to Michelle Buteau, who is a stand-up comedian. She's been on the US circuit for about 20 years, if not more. And she wrote a series of essays, also called Survival of, of the Thickest, about being, shall we say, a voluptuous uh, black woman in the yes. um, in New York City. And that was picked up by Netflix and it is co-run by Danielle Sanchez-Witzel, who is one of the writers and producers on New Girl. And it stars Michelle Buteau herself playing Mavis, who is um, a stylist or an aspiring stylist who uh, finds out in the first episode that her boyfriend of five years has uh, is sleeping with someone else and decides to leave him and start afresh and go off and try and make it by herself. And in doing so, she has to uh, start everything afresh. By that I mean find a new apartment and that's what we heard in, in the clip there. She is uh, meeting her brand new housemate for the very, very first time. With and hilarity ensues. Now that hilarity, that clip, uh, I I was generous. <laughs> uh, it is one of the fewer very funny parts in a show that is a hodgepodge and a mix um, and kind of part of Netflix kind of general problem, right? 
this is not the show that people who are sort of already beginning to think Netflix is really waning in quality are going to tune in and go, yes, they've got it this time, right? Mm. And I would mark this in the same kind of recent category as um, Glamorous, which aired, which was airing at exactly the same time as And Just Like That uh, was started because it also, it stars Kim Cattrall. So it was like, let's, ah, let's bait yeah. some headlines here. Uh, I, I, and it's about a young guy who ends up working in this makeup empire. And uh, they're all in this kind of ugly Betty vein, right? Which is like, can I make it? Yes, I can. And how will I do it? With the help of my friends. Yeah. And what I want them is to be like, well, I want them to be meaner and snarkier mm. and but ultimately funnier than they actually are right like and just like that is just after ending it is it has been renewed for a season three I have no idea where that show is going because they have now packed it with like 50 characters yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it is uh, uh, but I, I will watch it because it has built up its legacy right mm. whereas this is uh, you know I don't really know you know I've encountered Michelle Bouteau in a few things before but I haven't read her book and uh, this first season isn't enough to make me think oh yeah I'm going to go straight back to that if season two ever does materialise yeah yeah, so all that happens is that she splits up with her boyfriend. That's that's pretty much what this is <laughs> and, about. Yeah, and, yeah, and then she goes off and uh, you know it becomes a stylist in an increasing number of madcap ways. But like, what what I will say is for a show especially about a stylist, the style is abysmal. <laughs> like, <laughs> it is some of the worst I've ever seen. James, I want to see. I want to watch this show with you, a split screen, bitching about it. Uh, the uh, three shows today: Ahsoka. You can stream new episodes every Wednesday on Disney Plus. Sisters. You can stream all of season one now on the RTE Player. And Survival of the Thickest. You can stream season one now on Netflix. James Dempsey, thanks a million. Thank you. Moncrief weekdays at two p.m. with Anna Glaze on News Talk.